Hey everybody, welcome back to Taskmaster is Wonderful. I'm Eric and today I'm talking about Taskmaster Series 15, Episode 7, Schrodinger's Egg. This series stars, as always, the Taskmaster Greg Davies, his assistants Alex Horn, and the contestants Frankie Boyle, Ivo Graham, Jenny Eclair, Kyle Smith-Bino, and Mae Martin. So, with this episode, I am finally caught up to all of the ones that I have already written notes for. Uh, of course, there are still three more to go after this. And unfortunately, this is also the first episode of this series, uh, which I do not have a special prize task report from Casey at Taskmaster Down Under Podcast. But still... Go and check out Taskmaster Down Under Podcast. It is great. So let's get into this episode. This episode's title comes from Frankie Boyle, uh, and he is describing the filmed task number one, which we'll get to in just a moment. First, we had the prize task, the most brilliant thing that pops up. Um, I thought that I would have uh, made a pop-up book of different Taskmaster rooms slash locations. Um, of course, all the, the known rooms in the house as far as uh, special locations. Maybe the barn from series 13, was it? Maybe that was series 12. Um where they uh, did the, like, the, 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 the cups... In, in as a snake that could have been pretty fun or maybe the desecrated church where they had the whole uh choreography thing would be an interesting one. Oh, the airfield oh that one would have been excellent so yeah there are a bunch of uh special locations that would have been that would be really cool to make part of that pop-up book the prizes that we did get, uh, first we had Ivo uh, with a very strong opening, I thought, uh, with a whack-a-mole with everybody's faces, um, uh, all of the cast and Greg and Alex um, all on the moles. Um, that was really fun. Uh, May had a Pop-Tart with a picture of Professor Brian Cox on it. Um, this was very soon after... Greg warned that he would not be happy with anybody who brought in a toaster or a toaster-related item. Then Jenny brought in a Bauhaus Ballet pop-up book, um, the most similar thing to what I thought that I would bring in, but it was not uh, Taskmaster-related, so a, a little bit of a letdown from the whole idea that I had in my head. Um, then Kyle brought a pogo stick because it is you yourself popping up. Um, and I mean, pogo sticks look like a lot of fun. I've never actually used one. I think if I tried to use one, I would break at least two bones. I don't know which bones, probably uh, involving foot, uh, parts of the foot or uh, leg, but it's not beyond the realm of possibility that I would just fall over and break my wrist as I was trying to catch myself or something like that. So I, I think it's just, a, for me, it's a very dangerous 
uh, implement. Uh, and we had Frankie who brought in a sinister painting of a man with a horse and a woman in the background um, is very, very strange. And when he, he, he claims to uh, repeatedly try to get rid of it, uh, but then it keeps popping back up into the house. And so he's decided to just hang it up in the house instead. And uh, when asked who is bringing it back, he just says, the children deny. It's probably them. It's probably them. Uh, the scores that I gave this task were one point to May, two to Kyle, three to Jenny, four to Ivo, five to Frankie, and I nailed it because that is exactly the same scores that Greg rewards them. Film task number one is on location, and there is a large metal drum thing, uh, a huge mechanical contraption, which we are told is a pulper. What does it pulp? That's a good question. Uh, maybe it is for for pulping wood. I think that would make the most sense. Maybe to make to make paper. What is this place that they're at? They're next to a river. They had there's a barge. Maybe the barge brings in logs, and then the they it uses the river to power the things i you know what i'm gonna look this up and see what it is what is yeah it's a paper mill it is the frogmore paper mill in uh hemel Hempstead. so thank you to uh coach delgado over on reddit who posted what this location was um Okay, so I was right. It's it's that kind of pulp for uh, the wood pulp to make paper. Nice. Okay, anyway, rotate the pulper wheel without pulping the egg. Most rotations wins. You must not leave this spot. They're situated where you turn the pulper, uh, so they cannot see inside of the pulper, uh, and so they have no idea what the situation with the egg is. Uh, I, you would assume that the egg is just hanging, just like sitting inside of the drum, um, but it is hanging from a basket um, from the center of the 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 drum uh there's like a, a a pole there and so as it's rotated the the string gets coiled up and the basket will get closer and closer to the middle there and at a certain point at approximately 11 rotations i think it is um it uh, comes undone from the binder clip that's attaching the basket to the string, and then the basket will fall and the egg will break or get pulped. Okay, controversial opinion here, possibly. Uh, no eggs got pulped. The ones that got broken, they were not pulped because they did not make contact with the, uh, like the, 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 the shredding mechanism part of the pulper. So... Anyway, none of them can see that that's what's going on inside of there. So Frankie describes it as, uh, it's just a kind of blind Schrodinger's egg, isn't it? The pulper is filled with all kinds of junk uh, as two sticks that rotate to hit all of that junk around there. So the, the barrel, the, the drum itself doesn't rotate. There's like a middle part with like blades 
that rotates. And I'm kind of wondering if this whole contraption is usually rotated 90 degrees vertically because I'm not sure how it would be pulping stuff in the configuration that they're using it. I don't know. I'm, I'm just really interested in this whole machine. I, I, I want to see it in proper action to see what it, it, it is supposed to be doing. But anyway, um, as I, as I described the, the basket gets closer and closer to the middle. Um, so first we see Frankie and Kyle, uh, Frankie is uh, pretty confident in it. Um, doesn't seem too miffed by all of the, the clatter that's happening inside of it. Um, he goes for eight and a half rotations, which is just about perfect with the, with the, the, the way it's set up. Um, he could have gone another one and a half, two rotations, and it would have been totally fine. Um, Kyle goes for, he goes very slowly, uh, goes for just 2.75 rotations. Does not pulp the egg. He's in the game. Uh, but then we see Jenny and May. They both go too far. And their baskets come loose at 11 rotations. But then we see Ivo. He realizes that he can stay on the spot. Uh, while finding the egg and uh, figuring out how he can avoid pulping it. And so he scoots along on the spot, uh, takes the spot over to the side that he can see into the pulper, uh, takes out the egg, puts it into a glove, carries it in his mouth as he scoots back over to the, um, the operational side, and he spins it 56 times the egg does not get pulped. Very, very, very good. So the scores, uh, because Jenny and May both broke their eggs, they both received zero points. Uh, Kyle, with his very small amount of rotations, ends up getting three points. Uh, Frankie, with eight and a half rotations, gets four points, and Ivo has nailed it. Five full points for 56 rotations. He only needed to do nine, and he would have gotten the five points. But, you know, he, he over-delivered on this one. Next up is a team task. Uh, in the lab, on one side, there's a poster of the elements, and on the other side of the room is a menu a uh, bunch of strange food items, uh, some solo foods, some combination foods. Also hanging over the elements poster is a key. Uh, Alex locks all of the competitors into handcuffs in the middle of the room connected to a couple of locks and then places five glasses filled with jelly babies. The task is completely free yourselves and have a team hug fastest team hug wins so the flavors of the jelly babies match the menu and then the menu items uh the the letters their initials match um uh elements on the periodic table and those elements numbers 
correspond to the combinations on the two locks holding together all of the handcuffs. Um, and then, of course, the handcuff key unlocks the handcuffs. After seeing uh, the the first team go, which was Jenny, Kyle, and May, uh, Kyle says uh, that that editing did uh, was very favorable towards me because I was a monster in that room. Um, because he did not want to taste any of them, and uh, he was not helpful to the cause at all. Um, he did taste one of them, like very slightly, but he did not contribute any information from doing that. Um, so uh, that team of three, uh, they figure it out very quickly. May has a lot of the revelations in the lab, um, realizing that the uh that the, the flavors match the menu that match the table that match the numbers for the combo um uh they use process of elimination to help figure out what the third flavor is by figuring out the number first so they know they narrow it down to five uh to ten um items or actually nine items because there's no zero zero um but uh, unlocking the first lock just trying all nine numbers so that was a really really smart move um and uh yeah the, some of the flavors uh there is seaweed which as a jelly baby would not be very nice um or some of the other ones there was like pepper and something there was uh oh i should have written down all of the actual flavors but none of them seemed like they were fun to taste there there's something in gravy you know what kyle maybe had the had, had the right mindset they honestly i think they could have just figured out the the combinations of the locks pretty quickly anyway just just by going off of what was on the menu and trying um stuff that actually matched the periodic table but uh they, they did very well uh 17 minutes and 50 seconds and then we saw frankie and ivo uh they stick with frankie's idea and frankie describes it as the co-pilot syndrome or uh whatever, whatever it's called uh that's uh often when a plane crashes uh i don't know if this is actually true it seems like it 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 might just be uh an urban not an urban legend like a, a a common misconception or something that uh the the pilot ends up crashing because the co-pilot is too hesitant to say hey we're about to crash um or something like that uh and that it it that is what happened in this situation that uh uh ivo is very reluctant to uh change courses until it was they were pretty far along and it was clear very clear that frankie's strategy was not working <laughs> so they were they were figuring out they figured out all of the flavors they they absolutely nailed it because once they got the correct translation of that it was quick and i just matched up all the numbers very quickly Unfortunately, when they finally did get the uh, the the handcuffs unlocked from the center of the room, um, they had no idea where the handcuff key was. They tried to do the group hug, 
with the handcuffs still on, which is very awkward and funny. And they did finally find the key hanging above the periodic table of the elements. It it did blend in pretty well because it's a silver key. It's hanging like a foot above the, the, the poster, but, but also they're kind of looking at the poster the whole time. It's hidden in plain sight. It, it, it was kind of perfect that they didn't see it. Their total time was 42 minutes. Um, so the team of three got five points each and the team of two got two points each. Um, film task number three. In the study, there is a pad of paper with a gold pen. Uh, they must choose the following. A number between zero and 100. A time between one and 20 minutes. Five ingredients a country, a noun, and an adjective. So Frankie chooses uh, 50, uh, two minutes, and a large Scottish dog. Ivo chooses 42, a reference to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, for four minutes and 20 seconds, uh, also variation on that reference, and a feisty French duck. So between this and the Zaphod Beeblebrock's um, reference a couple episodes ago, I think this is the highest percentage. I don't. I can't think of any other Hitchhiker's Guide references in the in the entire rest of the show. Um. So this 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 series is way out in the lead for uh hitchhiker's guide references anyway uh jenny chooses 75 15 minutes and gold german shoe kyle chooses seven one minute and 21 seconds and a uh, hot a bunch of hot dog ingredients oh i didn't write down all the ingredients for the other ones um and a cowering kenyan bench and may chooses 80 19 minutes and a splendid Guatemalan duck. Part two of the task, make an adjective country noun with your ingredients. You must use all of your ingredients and clap the number of times that you chose. You have the amount of time you chose to serve it to Alex. The most accurate wins. Frankie just puts a pile of stuff on a serving board and forgets to clap. Kyle uh, makes a, an awesome hot dog bench, considering he only had a minute and 21 seconds, um, and does his claps because he only has to clap seven times. Easy. Uh, Jenny uses her gold shoe from the earlier task and uh, creates a delicious, it looked really good. Like thinking about it now, even like, oh, I wish I had some chili con carne. Uh, that that looked anywhere near as good as that did even though it isn't a shoe but she did line the shoe with aluminum foil so that it wasn't disgusting um but she totally forgot to clap oh and ivo ivo panicked and forgot to clap um and may uh created a mold to cook all, uh, all of their ingredients in a duck shape but then just poured the the cooked stuff into the shape of into the shape of a duck anyway so the mold was uh was not a good use of time um but they had 19 minutes it, it was fine um 
and then they did all of their claps afterwards. So um, I would have scored for the accuracy of uh, what they did. Um, and I, I did not take into account the claps. Um, I gave Ivo one, Frankie two, May three, Kyle four, and Jenny five. But because of the claps, I think this is fair. Greg gave all of the non-clappers one point each. So that's Ivo, Frankie, and Jenny, uh, which meant that May received four points and Kyle received five. Kyle is on fire. Heading into the live task, which is say the word given to you in the accent on the card you choose. The taskmaster will guess your accent. The highest score after three rounds wins. Okay, so I was watching this with captions my first watch through and i was trying to guess the accents along with greg and it was kind of it it wasn't kind of ruined it was totally ruined for me because in these particular captions um it described the accents that they were doing (laughs) so it was like in an irish accent Frankie Taskmaster. Um, so yeah, I, I I realized I should just turn the captions off for this. So uh, the first round, Frankie was the only one who is correctly identified as the Irish accent. Um, Ivo had a Canadian accent, and I think he was just trying to sound like May. Maybe you don't have to say May. Maybe you can just say maybe. Um, Jenny uh, had Sweden. I guessed Poland. Um, Greg guessed Norway. We were all kind of close, I guess. Um, Kyle had New Zealand, but Greg guessed South Africa. And May had Wales, but Greg guessed Scottish. Greg seemed a little bit offended (laughs) because he is... He and his entire family are from Wales. Uh, round two were cities, so a bit more specific than round one. Um, Jenny was the only one not identified correctly because she can't do that particular accent and she felt really bad about it. Um, so I guessed Manchester. I do not know anything about, uh, a different regional dialects and accents. I, I, I was proud of myself for thinking Manchester, uh, Greg, however, guessed Moscow. <laughs> no, it was Newcastle. I don't know how close that actually is to a Manchester accent. I don't know. Um, Frankie, I guessed Dublin. Greg guessed Belfast. And it was correct. It was Belfast. Let's see. Uh, Ivo, uh, I thought was doing a Texas accent. Greg thought it was a New York accent. And he was correct. So that must just be what they think New York accents sound like. But I, I just, I couldn't tell what, what was trying to be done there. Um, Kyle, I guessed California. I didn't, uh, I did not realize it was specific cities. 
Otherwise, I would have guessed Los Angeles. Um, Greg guessed Los Angeles, and that was correct. So I'd say I, I, I got that one uh, close enough. Um, and then May, I guessed, was Scottish. Again, I didn't realize it was cities. Greg guessed Glasgow. And correct, it was Glasgow. Then round three was not an accent, but you had to walk like another contestant or Alex or Greg. So there may have been multiples, so there could be repeats. And this was very, very, very fun. Uh, th this went about as well as it could have been, it could have gone, I think. So May goes first. They perform a very specific walk along with adjusting glasses. That has to be Jenny. Correct. Kyle does a very similar walk, and it is Jenny again. Correct. Jenny then does her walk. I guessed Ivo, but it was Alex, and I couldn't really tell what like specific things about the walk made it Alex. I, I, I don't know. Um, then Ivo couldn't resist doing the Jenny walk, <laughs> sacrificed his point for the best joke of the episode. His actual uh, name on his card was Frankie. And then Frankie um, did his walk um, both I and Greg guessed that he was doing Kyle, but he was actually doing a May walk. So uh, from round three, Ivo and Frankie got zero. The other three got a one point. So the uh, ultimately uh, getting two points uh, each out of that round, Frankie, Kyle, and May get the full five points and then in joint fourth place um they both got just one guest correctly uh jenny and ivo got two points each and so the total scores we had jenny with 11 points ivo with 14 may with 15 frankie with 17 and the winner outstanding performance by Kyle with 20 points um he takes home all of the popping up things he does use the pogo stick on stage and I liked that the pogo stick uh, kind of matched his outfit it was it was a really nice image of him uh, attempting to bounce around on that so that is it for episode 7 of series 15 um i enjoyed a lot about this episode i think my favorite i think mostly because i'm hungry as i'm recording this my favorite thing was that chili con carne it looks so good it looks so i i don't think i have any chili like a can of chili that i could just heat up right now that would be great i could just go to the store and get some to bring back and make some chili at eight in the morning Special update, I did have a couple of cans of chili, which I ate right after recording this, and it was delicious. I think that was my favorite, followed by the whole sequence of walking like each other. Oh, man, great, great stuff. This was an excellent Ivo episode. I know Kyle won 
Ivo did very poorly in scoring um, overall, but such great moments for Ivo throughout this episode, um, even though a lot of them resulted in in scoring very poorly. So uh, let me know what your favorite moments were by tweeting me at TIW Podcasts. Um, also, uh, you know what, actually, you know, comment on Instagram, do that instead. Don't go to that other site. Go to ciwpodcast.com for more episodes. Um, again, go check out Taskmaster Down Under Podcast. Hopefully we'll get more, uh, prize task reports in the future. Um, but I'm just trying to get caught up now on series 15 because, Season four of Taskmaster New Zealand began just a few hours ago. So I might be alternating between that and series 15 here um, for the next few episodes. Um, So I'm really excited for it. Be on the lookout for that. Be on the lookout for the rest of this series. Um, and uh yeah tell everybody you know about taskmaster and also about this podcast thank you for listening be safe out there and i'll see you next time here on taskmaster is wonderful bye